Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. All right, everybody, grab your Bibles. Welcome again to church. So glad that you are along for the ride today, and um, I'm excited to be here on week one of a new series. I tell you this often, if you've been around uh, City Hills very long, you know that um, there's rhythm to what we do. There ought to be rhythm in your life. I'm already preaching, so I want you to take good notes. You ready for this? There's no such thing as balance. Balance is a fallacy sold to you by the devil to exhaust you. There's, there's a misnomer in today's culture that you can strike balance in your life. I think the enemy created the idea so you could always chase something you could never catch. Because it doesn't matter how hard you try, nothing gets balanced in your life. And it's not supposed to be, by the way. Your life's supposed to have rhythm. It's supposed to have rhythm. If there was supposed to be balance, how could Jesus say, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then all these things are going to be added. If you had balance, nothing would be first. Are you there? So obviously, balance is an illusion. Something has to come first. Something has to come first. And there's rhythm to your life, and I hope that you find rhythm in your life. And one of the rhythms that we have in January is, this is probably my favorite preaching series I'll do maybe all year long. Uh, I love I love being able to open God's Word with you together. I hope that you leave blessed and encouraged, but... I love preaching in January about as much as any time during the year because we really get to dive in together and and we get a fresh start together and and I love just the content I'm able to bring you in this uh, season and I love that we get to start over together. Amen, everybody. Uh, I really do enjoy uh, this season together. So I'm starting a four-part series today called Square One. Square One, talking about starting over today, what it's like to have a do-over. How many of you wish we could have a do-over year? Come on, everybody. Like, I just need to, I need to, I need a do-over. I, I need to start again. And we, here's a dirty little secret. You can't do over, but you can start over. You can't, you can't repeat last year. You can't, you can't go back and, well, I wish that was different. You can't have a do-over from last year, but you can start over today and have a brand new year in Jesus' name. Say amen to that. That's what I want to help us get through. Grab your Bibles, Father, in Jesus' name. I open my heart today to God's Word. Speak to me, God. Whatever you want to say, my answer is yes. I'm ready to leave here encouraged. God, I pray today for encouragement. I know the news is bleak. I know today's a physical representation of maybe what will be happening in our emotions. It's gray and cloudy and a little, a little cold and distant. Father, I pray today that as we open God's Word, there's light that comes into the room, there's life that comes back into somebody, that hope is restored today, that faith is lifted today. God, I'm trusting you for our banner year. I believe you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody shout amen. Come on, shout a better amen. Everybody at Church Online, I hope you're typing amen. Share this uh, with somebody that needs to hear this message today. Uh, We are uh, in this series called Square One about... Starting over, and and it's not a series about resolutions, because I don't know that resolutions resolve anything. Amen, everybody. Like, I resolve every January to get on a diet, and then as soon as I do, there's cake. 
and and you, you're in it for just and you've already broken them. Mo- most people have already broken resolutions. We're a couple of years, uh, a couple of years, a couple of years into 2021 already. We're a couple of weeks into 2021, and uh, it feels like you know the things I said I was going to do. It's hard to do the things I. And, and it's really interesting because we know, listen, we know in our hearts that we can't change overnight, but we try to anyway. Let, let me give you what I mean. We know that it's impossible to sort of change, like just flip a switch and I'm going to you know, change overnight. So, so we do, this is crazy, especially if you're like me and you start every January talking about eating right and getting fit and, and things are going to be different. And I'm not, you know, Krispy Kreme and anyway, and I'm going to do better. And then we spend from... From November, we spend from Thanksgiving all the way through December 31st eating like our plane's going down. Right? And then we tell ourselves, but tomorrow morning, it's all changing. Tomorrow morning. It's January 1. It's Monday. It's, it's, I'm starting. We couldn't start on January the 1st because it was on a Friday. That wasn't no fair. So we're going to start on Monday. And we know we can't change overnight, but we try to. Right? We, tr- we, we convince ourselves, if I'll just, man, if I'll just get up tomorrow, I'll just, it'll just, everything will be different. This year's going to be different. Everything's going to be different. Uh, uh, the things are going to open up and things are going to, uh, things are going to go my way. It's just, I, I just know overnight things are going to change. And the truth is they don't change like that at all. The fact is you can't form a bunch of bad habits that you have to break right when you change your mind and decide it's going to be different. We form all these bad habits right before we try to break them. We eat all the cake around December, and then in January, we try to not eat cake. At least that's what I do, and it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work. Matter of fact, most people believe it takes somewhere between three and four weeks, 21 to 30 days before you form good habits. That's why most people give up before the end of January because they just they have so many bad habits that they brought over, and they think tomorrow when I wake up, I'm going to completely change everything. Everything's going to be different, and it's not different, and they haven't formed new habits in their life. Are you there? Say amen. It's why every January, we, it's why right now we're in week two. Today starts week two of 21 days of prayer and fasting together, and it's an amazing season. Here's the reason why. Because I want you in January to break some bad habits that you had of lack of prayer, of not connecting to God daily, of not opening God's word every day, of maybe not really, you know, pushing aside some stuff that should be aside. And I, I want to start new. I want to start fresh. And I need time to do it. It's why we don't have one day of prayer and fasting. I need 21 of our days so that I get in the habit to do what I should have been doing all along. So let me invite you, by the way, tomorrow morning. This is week two of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And Monday through Friday, we meet in our ministry center at 6 o'clock in the morning. And if you've never been there, let me just encourage you this week. Let me just challenge you to try it. You say, well, I can't come every Monday. I can't come every Tuesday. You know, I, I can only come these days in my work and school. I, I get it. But come when you can. You're out before 7 o'clock. You're back in your car, headed to work, headed to school. I promise you it's worth it. I promise you we'll, we'll honor your time. You can distance whatever it makes you feel comfortable uh, doing. But there's just something about going after God for 21 days together. And let me invite you in. I want everybody in our church family gathered in the room and at church online today to know 21 days of prayer is a powerful start to the year. I need it. You need it. We need it together. We need to hear from God. Come on, say amen to that. We need to hear from God this 
year. I need it. And, and so we, we try to begin, uh, really the point of 21 days of prayer and fasting is that you start a habit of, of a lifestyle of prayer every day. Because if you're like me and you have resolutions, you're stuck trying to, trying to change the same thing year after year after year. I'm trying to change the same things. I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get my temper under control. I'm trying to get my mind under control. And if you're not careful because you try to change the same things year after year and you don't see change in your life, you'll start altering your own destiny because you'll start believing, well, this is just my life. I'm just destined to be this person. I'm destined to have depression. I'm destined to deal with anxiety. I guess I'm always going to have this fear. I'm always going to have, and here's the reason why. It's because we have these really big goals. I want to, I want to lose 60 pounds. By the way, that would be fantastic for me. I want to, I want to, I, I, we, we see these huge goals and we have these, and we, and we fight for them for about a week or two. And then you have one bad day at work and you eat a whole package of Oreos. Somebody back there said amen to that because you know. Not double stuffed either, just good old classic, come on, American Oreos. Where are you at on that? Just good old fine Oreos. And you eat a whole bag and then you tell yourself, well, I failed again. So I must be a failure. I I didn't, this is not going to be the year again. And you start, uh, the, the resolutions that you had this year are the same resolutions you had last year because you had one day and you've begun to live out a self-fulfilling prophecy and now your destiny's altered not because it's God's best but because you made one mistake, you had one failure, you had one low day and you've decided I just am destined to be this. See, write this in your notes. I hope you're taking notes today. If you're not, take notes. Why would you come to church and not take good notes? Write this down. We understand big dreams. Everybody loves big dreams, but God understand small steps we like big dreams but we don't like small steps we like big dreams I like the idea that I'm gonna lose 25 pounds by the time my birthday comes in March by the way I'll give you a countdown whatever my birthday's in March and so I'm gonna lose 25 pounds before my we we like these big dreams but I don't like the small steps of making a good decision for lunch today because it's cold and rainy outside and your brother was raised on casseroles when it's cold and rainy, we want quick progress and big results, and I want it now. We don't, we like big dreams, we just don't like small steps. But God knows this, write this down. This is God's perspective. God knows that destinies are defined by day to day decisions, not by one big dream that I'm gonna be and I'm gonna do and it's gonna change and everything's gonna work out and things are gonna be different this year. No, no, no. God knows your destiny, my destiny is defined by the decisions I make every single day of my life. That it's day to day decisions. We tend to think big and dream big, and you ought to, but God always operates. Small. He did it with David. We think King David. God thought Shepherd David. Are you with me? We think Gideon, who defeats and 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 who has this amazing, uh, 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 you know, victory over the prophets. We think Gideon's this mighty man uh, uh, of valor. But God sees someone who's afraid and the and and I'm scared and I'm I'm the least in my tribe. You pick the wrong guy. We see Jesus as conquering, resurrected King. But God sent Jesus as a baby that had to learn how to crawl and then learn how to walk. Because even when God wanted to save the world, He didn't start with a Savior. He started with a seed 
I'm preaching better than you're amening already on the first week I'm preaching to you in 2021. And if it's anything I do this year, I'm going to get back a worshiping, amening, running, jumping, clapping your hands, church. Shout amen to that. I'll wake you up one way or the next this year in Jesus' name. I will stage dive off of this. It is not, I've done it before. It won't be my, my last. God sent Jesus as a seed, not as a savior. Because God understands small steps, not big dreams. And if you walked into this year and said, man, I, I'm, I'm going to do all of this and it's going to change and everything's going to be different. And here's, you're setting yourself up for disappointment when you have a bad day or you have a setback or something in your life pushes you back and you start thinking, well, where was God and why didn't? And I thought and this was supposed to be. And pastor, you said this was our banner year and I had a bad day and now I'm off the wagon and I don't know what to do. And God knows that tomorrow you get back up and make the right decisions in your mind. You make spiritual decisions and godly decisions and step by step God is leading you to destiny shout amen to that Psalms 37 says the steps of good men are ordered by the Lord not the leaps not the jumps not the big things the steps of good men are ordered by God and he delights in every single step they take. And I got to be honest with you. Let me go. I'm, I've decided to be bold in 2021, maybe more than I ever have. I'm going to take you deep this year. We're going to go all in on God. You better get ready for that and buckle up for that this year. But I'm going to be honest with you. There's a lot of stuff we need to leave behind in 2020. There's some things that just aren't working. There's some attitudes that we've developed in 2020 that you need to get rid of in Jesus' name. There's some lethargy that's happened that you need to get rid of in Jesus' name. There's some casualness. I'm thankful to God for Church Online, but look into this camera. Look at that television screen. There's some casualness that starts happening that creeps into your relationship with God that it's okay to watch church in my bed on my back with my phone like this. That's never been church, and you can't fully engage with God that way. We need to leave behind the casualness of 2020 and step into what we know God wants from us in 2021. Shout amen to that. I got to leave it behind. There's some sarcasm you need to leave behind on Facebook. There's some sniping and some disunity. There's some fear in Jesus' name. I rebuke the spirit of fear off of you, off of this church, off of our city, out of our community, out of our nation. It's not all going to hell. Jesus is still on the throne. Shout amen. <laughs> we need to leave some stuff. The, I'll calm down. The old... The, the old Indian chief, the old Dakota Indian chief, you know, if y'all won't believe the Bible, I'll, I'll, I'll give you Indian folklore, I'll, anything to get. The old Indian chief said, when riding a dead horse, the best strategy is to dismount. <laughs> it's not to buy better saddles. It's not to buy better spurs. It's not to get a better whip. It's to decide this horse is dead. Fear is dead. Fear didn't get us anywhere in 2020. All it did was keep us bound up in our homes, isolated, depressed, suicide, divorce. It didn't get us anywhere. It didn't get us closer to a cure. So I'm dismounting off of fear, and I'm believing and trusting in God. Shout yes. 
Depression didn't get you anywhere last year. All it did was make you go further and further into your cocoon and into your hole and into yourself and isolation. And if isolation didn't work, honey, dismount off of that dead horse and get around people. Get in a small group. Get back to church. Some things aren't working. Preaching still working. I'll find a church that believes it. Preaching still works. Church still works. Small groups still work. Worship still works. Prayer still works. Fasting still works. God's word still works. Hope still works. Faith still works. Life still works. It still works. It still works. It still works to say yes to God. It still works to say yes to God's ways. It still works to believe the best is yet to come. I'm done with what doesn't work. By the way, teaching on a stool doesn't work for me. Preaching works for me. So there's great preachers and teachers in this town. You may ought to go to them. But I'm a preacher. That's all I know how to do. So if that's not for you, I love you and I bless you and I release you to somebody calmer than me. But the world is going to hell and Jesus is coming back and I've got work to do. I've got somebody to help. We've got a world to reach in Jesus' name. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back and we're racing the clock and we've got work to do. Touch your neighbor and say, we got work to do. We've got work to do. We've got work. I've got work to do if I'm going to preach that bad on my lungs. <laughs> we've got work to do together. I'm leaving behind some stuff and I'm starting over. I'm starting over. I'm starting over. I'm leaving behind some stuff. That's why square one matters so much. Square one is where we are. Square one may be where you are in your business, in your marriage, in your finances, with your peace, with your joy. Square one's where we are. Listen, successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Successful people do consistently what other people do Occasionally, And I know that some people think, man, I wish that I could be and I wish I would have. I wish I had a prayer life. Well, guess what? If you want to have a successful prayer life, successful people do consistently what other people just do occasionally. So if you want a successful prayer life, you just come tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock. I'll meet you at prayer. <laughs> it's just that simple. I, I, wish I, had a, I wish I could fast better. You know the way you fast better? Fast. That's how you get better at it. I wish I was better reading my Bible, Pastor. You know how you do it? Open it in the morning. Read the first page you turn to. Doesn't really matter to me where you start. It just matters that you start. It just ma- I just I have to I have to have a custom. I have to and, and I know sometimes you wish it happened for you better. I know sometimes you want it to happen and it doesn't happen. Romans 7. Paul says it like this: I don't really understand myself. I want to do what's right. I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Romans 7 and 15. Verse 18 says, I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what's good, but I don't. I don't want to do what's wrong, but I do it anyway. And I'm a miserable person. Will somebody free me from this life that's dominated by sin and death? And then he says, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ. Let me give you three reasons why. Let me give you three reasons why it doesn't succeed. I got to hurry. Number one, there are three reasons why you, 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 you just don't succeed. Number one is you focus on the what, but we don't understand the how. 
We focus on the what, but we don't understand the how. Most of us know what we want. Most sports teams want to win, but only the Spurs know how. <laughs> most, most people know what they want. They just don't know how. Listen to me. Write this down in your notes. Goals don't determine success. Systems determine success. You can have goals to win in your prayer life, and if you don't set an alarm to come to prayer, you don't have a system that sets you up for successful prayer life. If you don't, if you you got you got to decide. I'm making systems to support what God's calling me to do. Goals do not determine success. Most people know what they want; they just don't know how. You need to change the systems, and the the systems will change the results. Let me give it to you like this: If you want, if you want to focus on the positive and and what you speak and what you think, that's how you change being depressed. If you want to be blessed financially, you start with tithing. It's just, it's, I got to focus on the system and not on the goal. Are you there? Say amen. I got to focus on how and not on what. If you want to, if you want to have relationships and friendships, if you're tired of being lonely, listen to me, just attend church regularly. Come to a small group regularly. It's amazing what will happen. You'll find friends. You won't be as isolated. God will begin to grow you. It's not a goal. I'm changed the system and the outcome changed. If you want fulfillment and satisfaction in your life, get on the dream team. Today's a great day to get on the dream team. And it's amazing what will happen. Fulfillment comes into your heart, satisfaction. Not because you focus on the what, because you focus on the how. And some people focus their whole life on their goals and not on their systems. I wish it was this. I, this is what I want to get to, but I haven't, I haven't changed my life to match my goal. Number two, reasons why. We don't succeed. We focus on the what, not the how. Number two is we don't see progress fast enough. We don't see progress fast enough. We, 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 don't, get, we don't get to the weight fast enough. We don't lose weight. Anybody else know what I'm talking about when you stand on the scale? I didn't eat cookies this week, and I gained two pounds. Come on, we don't, see, we don't see it fast enough. I read the Bible all week long, and then I still yelled and cussed at my kids on the way to church. I didn't have coffee all month, and I only saved $75. We don't see progress fast enough. We don't see progress. And here's what happens. You'll start to do this. You'll start to wrongly conclude that small good decisions don't matter that much. You'll start to tell yourself that small good decisions don't matter that much. Or, or you'll stop doing that you'll, 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 you'll stop uh, you'll start doing bad things and nothing bad happens. You play video games for three hours and your wife still hasn't left you. You skip church one weekend and you, you, it doesn't seem to matter. Uh, you, you, you ate half a box of chocolates and you can't really tell. Your pants still fit. So you'll start to convince yourself you wrongly conclude that small bad decisions don't matter. So, so you do the right things and you don't see progress and you do the wrong things and you don't see progress fast enough and you'll start believing that it doesn't really matter. But the truth is that your life and my life and progress in our life is the sum total of every decision we make in our life. 
that God has the small bad decisions eventually will wreck your life. They just add up one after one after one. And small good decisions will eventually, your life will get better. Your life will move forward. Why? Because they add up one after one, week after week in a gym, and eventually you'll start dropping weight. Week after week in prayer, and eventually you'll get closer to God. Week after week in a small group, and eventually you'll have friends and tight relationships and deep and d- deep relationships. It's a, it's a matter of decisions. And even though you don't see progress fast enough, you have to make good decisions. Say amen. What you don't see is that God is using all of that. You are overcoming self-doubt every time you make a good decision. You're overcoming failing and, and you're, you're over every time you're praying and making sacrifices and enduring criticisms and staying up late and getting up early and grinding and persistent and pr- paying a private price. Every time you're doing that, God is using the little things that nobody sees to bring the results that everybody sees. God is using the little decisions of your life. And this year, listen to me, if you're going to have a banner year, God will use the little things that nobody sees to bring the results that everybody sees. If you're going to get out of depression, out of loneliness, out of isolation, if you're going to get joy back, if your marriage is going to make it, if your finances are going to turn around, if things are going to, if, if your spiritual life gets better, if, if you develop deeper relationships and friendships, if, if your prayer life increases, it's not going to be one big thing. It's going to be consistent, small decisions in your life. Say amen to that. Let me give you the third reason why we don't succeed. Someone's coming to play. The third reason why the first one is that we focus too much on what and we don't really see how. The systems just don't make any sense to us. And, 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 we, and we just believe that, well, that's my goal, but I don't know how I'm going to get. And we don't have any system for success. The second thing, that the reason why we don't succeed is we just don't see it fast enough. It just starts, it just starts happening. Galatians 6 and 9 says it like this. Don't become weary in doing good because at the proper time, at the proper time, underline that in your Bible, at the proper time, at the proper time, at the pro- not at January 1 when God says now's the proper time. At the proper time, not just because the calendar changed, not just because your location changed, not just because you changed churches or changed jobs or changed marriages, but at the right time, if you keep sowing, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Say amen to that, everybody. Here's the third thing, and we got to go. Here's the third thing before it starts snowing. (laughs) It ain't going to snow. Y'all knew that. Here's the third thing, reasons why we don't succeed. Listen, we let our distorted identity sabotage our success. We have a distorted identity that eventually sabotages our success. The enemy tells you that because you did bad, you are bad. The devil lies to you and says because you feel depressed, you are depressed. I'm speaking to somebody right now at Church Online. The enemy tells you because you feel isolated, you have no one. Because you made a mistake, because you failed, you're a failure. And we start wearing these identities on us. I'm, I'm not able. I can't. I'm bad. Moses wore the label of I'm not a good speaker, therefore I'm not, your, I'm not the right leader. 
Literally, Moses told God, I can't lead the people out of Egypt simply because somebody in his childhood said, you know you have a stutter. You're the deliverer of millions of Israelites from captivity. Yeah, but you don't know how bad I am. You don't know what I can't do. We have this distorted. Paul writes two-thirds of the New Testament. He writes more of your Bible than any other individual author. He takes the gospel of Jesus to all the Gentiles. You and I are saved today because the apostle Paul brought the gospel of Jesus to the rest of us. Out of Judaism, out of, out of Jerusalem and and yet Paul says, man, I'm the chief of sinners. You don't know what I've done. I've messed up too bad. And you, you may come into this new year thinking, well, this is just, uh, you, you don't know. I'm just a bad husband. I'm just, you know, my mom dealt with this. So just kind of passed down to me. You know, I, my daddy had a temper couldn't get up without drinking I just guess I'll always be this way we have this distorted identity just because you have an addictive personality you tell yourself I guess I'll always be an addict by the way I appreciate AA and I appreciate what all of those things do and, and how they help people and they've helped people in my world my family my life and I, I'm thankful for it but look at me you reject when somebody tells you because you've been an alcoholic, you'll always be an alcoholic. You don't have to always be anything except a child of the Most High God. That's what you always have been. Yeah, but I stink at handling money. I'm just terrible at it. We've never really had money in our family, and so I'm just really bad at it. And you use that as an excuse not to tithe, not to put God first, not to be generous. Because you tell yourself, well, I'm just not good with money. We don't have money. We just, it's always been this way. I'm just not organized. I'm just, I just, I'm not disciplined. I have a tough time waking up. I just can't do it. You know, I'm just not good with people. I started in ministry 20 plus years ago. I remember saying things like that. I just don't, I'm just not good with people. Just not that good. You start, you start labeling yourself and wearing the identity. I, I'm just terrible at praying. I'm just not really good at it. Never really have been good at it. I, I, I break my fast all the time. I have good intentions and then I mess up. And I was raised in a broken home. I guess divorce is just kind of what we do. And, and, and you, do, you have this distorted view of yourself. And listen, if you haven't written anything else down, and most of you haven't, I'm watching this down. An unhealthy identity creates unwise habits. And then unwise habits reinforce an unhealthy identity. I'm going to say it again so you can write it. Then I'm going to preach it to you. Look at me. An unhealthy identity creates unwise habits. And then those unwise habits reinforce what you believed about yourself, the unhealthy identity. You say, Pastor, that's circular in the way you wrote it. I know, and it's circular in the way you've lived it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not good at it, so I don't do it. And I reinforce that I always believed I wasn't good at it. 
so I don't do it. And I reinforced, and, th and this marriage didn't make it. And so I reinforced that I'm unlovable and unable to give love. And so I sabotage the next relationship I'm in so that I can reinforce what I've always thought that I'm unlovable and unable to give love. And I'm bad at money and I filed for bankruptcy and lost that home. And so I'm just not good with money. And so I overspend and I don't tithe and put God first. And I reinforce the identity that I'm bad at money. Are you following me? I'm preaching to somebody right now. God, I wish, I, I'm telling you, I feel it like I haven't felt it in a long time. Look at me at church online. I'm depressed because the doctor said I was depressed. So I stay in my room with the, with the blinds drawn in bed all day in the same pajamas I had on yesterday. And I reinforce my belief that my doctor said I was depressed. So tomorrow I'm going to stay in bed with the blinds drawn. I'm scared of what I can't control so I'll stay home and try to control what I can which reinforces my fear of the things I can't so I stay home to try to control what I can which reinforces what I can't and I've lived 12 months or 12 years in a cycle in a cycle because I believed the wrong identity. And the good news of the gospel today, listen, I, I did all that yelling and screaming and spitting earlier to get here. <laughs> the good news of the gospel is this, listen close. The enemy tells you that you did bad, so you are bad. But God tells you when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. I want you to focus this year, listen to me. I want you to focus less on what you do, on do goals. I'm going to get out of debt. I'm going to I'm going to pay off this. I'm going to stop that. I'm going to start that. And I want to encourage you to start being. I want you to I want you to focus on some who goals. Now, I know it sounds like semantics, but it's really not. Because if I can get you in the right identity, I can get you to have the right habits. And the right habits will reinforce the right identity. Listen to me. Look at me in the eyes. I feel what I'm telling you right now. You want to become a woman of God, a man of God, a true man of God who leads his family in prayer and worship and giving and sacrifice and serving and attendance and small groups. And I, I want to be sober. I want to be clean this year. I want to finally break the cycle of addiction to pornography and alcohol and tobacco and chemicals and pills and sleeping medicine. I told you I'm coming strong this year. I got to break it off of you. If the enemy didn't mind coming strong in 2020, I have no apologies to come right at sin and hell and depression. And... I got to break it off of you. I want you to be sober. I want you to be a prayer warrior this year. Notice the difference. That's not focusing on I want to pray more. That's a do. It's focusing on I want to be a prayer warrior. That's a who. I am a man of God.
I am sober and clean. I am a prayer warrior. I am a godly wife and a good mother. I break off of you shame in Jesus' name over your children, over the path they took. If, if this is for you, you ought to raise your hand. There's a woman, right? This is for you. I break shame off of you and depression that you failed and you messed up and you didn't do it right and that's why your kids did what they did and that's why it happened like it happened. It didn't happen that way. You're a godly mother. You're a good mama and a good wife and you're doing everything you can do. I'm becoming somebody. Not just doing, I'm becoming. I'm, bec I'm whole. I'm healed. I'm financially free. I am generous. I don't practice generosity. I am generous. I am a servant leader. I lead with a servant's heart. God's given me this role in my company, not just so, not just so I can make a living, because I'm a leader. And God's called me as a Moses and a deliverer. God's given me this mantle. It's something he's put on me. I'm a servant leader here. There's something I have that nobody else has in my company. Why? Because God's made, it's my identity. I'm, I'm called to be this. I am a bold witness. I am healthy. I am an encourager. I am a positive person. I do believe the best in others. I do have joy. I am full of joy and happiness. I do sleep well at night. I have peace in my heart. I, I, I have healed relationships that are broken. I am, not just I do, I am. And when your identity changes this year, when you decide to be who God's called you to be, then it'll reinforce habits that reinforce systems, that reinforce identity. And you'll, in 2021, a different person. Not because you made resolutions, but because you decided to be what God says I am. Who, who, what would a godly man do? What would a godly mother do? What would a healthy person eat? Megan, I don't know. I was I was looking for some. <laughs> you, Jonathan, I'm I'm kidding. <laughs> what would a wise person spend money on? I know it's practical, but it's real because some of us are in a cycle of poverty and debt you can't get out of. What would What would an encourager say right now? I know what a cynic would say because I've been that. I know what sarcasm would say, but what would an encourager say on Facebook? What would a prayer warrior do right now? What would a faithful leader in my home do? What would a faithful church member do? What would a small group leader do right now? What would God, what would a Bible study teacher do right now? What would a woman of God, a man, what would they do right now? No single action will change your identity. But listen, the miracle of the gospel is this. That when you become, when you, when you surrender your whole heart to Jesus, you become a brand new person. And you have access to brand new thoughts and brand new patterns and brand new lives. You have access to a brand new heart and brand new ideas and brand new. And you're born again. That's why I don't believe in generational curses after the cross. 
because I buried that old guy and I, I rose up a brand new person. Those curses from my daddy, those don't, I got a new father now. I'm in a new family and a new relationship. I've got new, I've got access to new thoughts and new ways and new forgiveness and new mercy and new grace. Are you with me, everybody? And so do you. Let's break out of these habits and let's break, let's dismount from some horses we've killed in 2020. We may have to start over at square one, but I'm ready. I'm ready to do what the wisest man who ever lived said, Proverbs 23. I'll leave you with this and we'll pray. He says, apply your heart to instruction. And apply your ears to words of knowledge. Listen to me, nobody moving, everybody, everybody looking right in my eyes. Here's my ask of you. This is my, I know it's not the first Sunday. This is my first Sunday to preach to you. This is my ask of you this year is what Solomon said in Proverbs. I want you to do who you are. You are a praying church, so let's pray. You are a worshiping church, so let's worship God on Sundays. Let's, let's listen, let's create an environment here that you can't get anywhere else. You are an incredible, godly husband, so lead that way. You are a prayer warrior. So the Bible did not say think about, work on. It said apply. Apply your heart to what I know I am. I know. I know I am. And you can be. And God can do. We can start over. Father, in Jesus' name, every person praying all over church today and a church online father i pray today take this simple message i know it's a little i got a little inside myself and just kind of use all of my craziness to say what you wanted to say that we can start over that we're not relegated to our past that growth doesn't come from learning better growth comes from applying the growth this year will come from changing what needs to change. The systems that got me here won't get me there. I can't have just goals to be that. I have to change my life to be that. I have to change what I think, what I say, who I'm around, my peer group. I have to change what I do with my time, how I sp i got to change systems. God, it won't happen overnight. I know there are people who are frustrated with progress. It's not as fast as I want it to be, but small habits, small decisions in the right way compound over time to a changed life. And Father, I pray for a fresh identity of God's people. In the spirit of prophecy, I, I, I want to I prophesy to you, you are the people of the Most High God. As the world gets darker, as politics get darker, as things get harder to figure out, as the world seems to be shaking all around you, you are not shaken. We are the people whose feet are firmly planted. Not in our political party, not in where we thought, not, not even in our national identity or our country. Our feet are planted in a kingdom beyond this one. We are unshakable. We are people of hope and joy. We are people who believe the best, people of mercy and grace and love. 
no matter what the enemy does this year, no matter how bad it gets, no matter what turns which way, it will not shake us. Our hearts are set fast. Our eyes are fixed on heaven. If you've never surrendered your heart to Jesus, I'm telling you, that's where this shift happens. That's where the change in your mind happens. You really can have a brand new way to think and access to new thoughts and creativity and a mind of Christ. But it starts with surrendering your all to Jesus. Just pray a simple prayer like this. Father, forgive me of all of my sins. I repent today. I believe you raised Jesus from the dead. I believe he died for my sins and God rose him from the dead so that I could have eternal life. I repent today. I give you all of my heart. Be the Lord of my life today. Save me. Make me brand new. I want to be born again today. God, I'm going to follow you every day. I'm going to give you every access to every part of my life, God. I'm not holding anything back today. Be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. Everybody shout amen. 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 Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.